Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Yes, uh, I thought the Lions did a good job in coverage. Uh, you know, not just, you know, they were they were doing a good job uh, taking away some things down the field. And, and uh, um you have to go where your reads take you, and and uh, and then those guys have to make plays too. And Dalvin did on the linebacker and man coverage. Amir obviously did on the screen, and um, you know we had a couple runs that hit as well. So it was a, a nice combination of plays to get down there, and again to get seven instead of three. Morning, oh what a beautiful day! Oh, there's more where that came from on today's episode of Purple Daily. Doesn't uh, doesn't a beautiful singing voice like that from the star quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings make you want to just kick back and crack a Corona Hard Seltzer and find your favorite musical on Netflix, Declan? I, I, I really need a couple of Corona Hard Seltzers if I was in the crowd or I had to listen to that for a numerous amount of time. It's I, not that bad. It's bad. It's not good. It's pretty painful, dude. What do it's you mean? pretty no! painful. You sound you sound like a Kirk Cousins defender now. Yeah, you sound like a guy I, that I might us. be as a singer. You I might be like, a Cousins defender like as a singer. Same guys that rip us every What week. if this is his career? We need a Zolged column. Rip yeah. him rip him for the voice double, too. Double column. What Zolged. if he what if he Praise missed him. his calling? No. It was to be a singer. No. Judd, here's your column. Zolgad colon. Kirk Cousins, one of the best in the NFL, dot dot dot. And then once they're in, dot dot dot. At singing musicals. At singing musicals. But as a quarterback, here's why he's garbage. I'm going to tell you right now. Words. Nice pitch. I'm going to tell you right now, Kirk Cousins should star in, in a local version of Grease, which Declan can then go get his chills. drink and watch. I'm throwing interceptions. All right, yeah, this month and every month throughout the year, discover Corona Hard Seltzer. Kirk, discover Corona Hard Seltzer. It's the only hard <laughs> seltzer made with pure beach vibes with a refreshing splash of fruit flavors such as tropical lime, mango cherry, and blackberry lime. Corona Hard Seltzer is a tasty spike sparkling water with a splash of natural fruit flavor that allows you to enjoy the moment in each can. Corona Hard Seltzer has zero carbs, zero sugar, 90 calories, oh, and is gluten-free. Relax responsibly. Corona Hard Seltzer spikes sparkling <laughs> water with natural flavors imported by Crown and Ford, Chicago, Illinois. Football. Cook and the block, and a block in there by Dozier, and he is down inside the one, but shy. Morning. Oh, what a beautiful day. Uh, we're going we're gonna to break down the, the singing of our guy Kirk later in the episode here, but welcome to Purple Daily, Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, and Declan Goff. 
on uh, podcast. It's Apple, Spotify, and scorenorth.com. And also the brand new PodMN app, which is free to download in the Apple and Google Play stores if you want to discover other local Minnesota podcasts. And YouTube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast. So today is Purple Positivity Thursday, which we're going to get to. And I'll tell you, Purple Positivity Thursday started off like three or four weeks ago as, boy, this team sucks. <laughs> we should just find a way to brighten things up around yeah. here, right? Yep. And now it's like, wait a second, if they beat the Bears, Purple Positivity Thursday is going to be Purple Positivity Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. So we'll get to Purple Positivity Thursday. But I want to start you guys off with this question because Dalvin Cook, we're sitting here halfway through the season. He leads the NFL in rushing yards, leads the NFL in rushing touchdowns. He's missed a game even, and he still leads the NFL. He's been arguably the most productive offensive skill position player in the NFL. So Judd Zolgad, should Declan, should Declan, Declan, I want you to answer this too. Should Dalvin Cook... No, Declan should not be. I'm not MVP. No, No, he's not the MVP. Most improved player, if that. So should Dalvin Cook... We already know Declan's the MVP producer. Should Dalvin Cook be considered for NFL MVP? First of all, before I get to to that, I just came up with a brilliant casting call. Cousins, Thielen, Rudy in Greece. Oh, my God. Like, are they not the most... Is that... that, that, Grease Lightning? Which guy plays the Switchblade guy, the villain guy? Probably Adam, right? He's a little, little, yeah, little, probably little Adam. Edgy. Detroit Lakes Actually, guy, too. Sort of the outcast. Rudolph's got tattoos. I don't know. Yeah, but he's a Notre Dame guy. I don't think he can play that, that role. I'm just telling you, those three in a Vikings in a Vikings production of Greece would be outstanding. Little jazz hands. Yes, exactly right. And then Rudolph, West Side Story after that. Rudolph with the yellow gloves doing the jazz hands. Forget football. Let's put him in place. All right. I'm here for it. Um, the answer to your question off the top of my head is absolutely yes. Dalvin Cook defines what, and look, there's there's eight games left. We're not done. We're not close to being done. But if you look at the definition, I believe, of what an MVP is, Dalvin Cook defines it. If you take Dalvin Cook off this roster, I think the Vikings have probably still right now about one win. I think they beat Houston. Green Bay, I do, they do not beat yeah. Green Bay. And Detroit they probably would be Detroit. iffy. But, I, okay, two wins. But the point is, Dalvin Cook... In in all three games that the Vikings have won, has gone over 100 yards rushing. He had, I believe, four total touchdowns against the Packers in Green Bay. And then he had a career-high 206 yards rushing against Detroit and was absolutely dominant. All right. So I think the answer to your question is he should be considered. I think he needs to be in the conversation. But the piece that I wrote for scorenorth.com that you can still find a couple days ago is this. He has no chance. He has history tells us that Dalvin Cook, unless he absolutely goes out of his mind statistically, which I don't think he's he, go- he is right, but but unless he does continues to, and even then, I think he has no chance because since two thousand, there have been a twenty one MVPs named MVPs. Okay, uh, there were two Peyton Manning and Steve McNair shared it in two thousand three, so mm-hmm. that accounts for twenty one instead of twenty. 17 of them have been quarterbacks. The last non-quarterback to win the award was Adrian Peterson Mm -hmm. in 2012, but he went over 2,000 yards. Dalvin's on pace for like 1850 right now. Which is great, but I'm I'm telling you, that was 2012. Since then, seven quarterbacks have won the MVP award. I think in 2020, if you look at what Mahomes and Wilson and a collection of QBs are doing... The thought process is, who is your MVP for 2020, 
And is it Mahomes? Is it Wilson? Is it Rodgers? So Rogers. I don't think that Dalvin Cook right now has a chance to be in the discussion, which is why I think that there needs to be a change in the approach of this award. And let me be clear, too, because the AP has an MVP award, and then the AP also has what they call the National Football League Offensive and Defensive Player of the Year Award, which nobody really cares about, okay? Why not go to a system? Because quarterback play, just in sports, forget football, now is so important, and and it's deemed, and that's correct, it's deemed to be, I think, the most important position in all of sports. Why not go to an MVP-type system where the quarterbacks all vie for their own award and then everybody else defensive players offensive players if you're a non-quarterback you vie for an MVP because I think if we at least went down that path Dalvin Cook should have and in that case has a really good chance I kind of like that idea because in your favorite sport hockey there's a goaltending award Mm -hmm. and then there's essentially a most valuable skater award right does the does the goaltender ever win both Ooh. I don't think so. I think for the most part, no. Because in this case, you would just separate the two. And Cy Young is is sort of the same ordinarily, right? Kind of, but you could like there have been yeah, instances there, where you've yeah. won both, yeah, right? There, there have been goalies that have won the hard, won both. the hard award. Carey Price did it five six years ago. Okay, but, but it's it, pretty rare. But it does create it does create a separation, and I think football needs to go a step beyond that. Yeah, to create. MVP for non-quarterbacks, and then you know what? Let Rodgers and Wilson and Mahomes and that whole group, let them vie for their own MVP award. So I've got, I actually, I brought some data to the table that I want to bring to you guys, but Declan, so so Judd mentioned the last running back to win MVP was Adrian Peterson in 2012. Uh, So you had, you had to have the combination there of the running back is putting up ridiculous numbers and the perception slash reality is that because of those ridiculous numbers, he's carrying a team higher than they would have been, right? Sean Alexander and Ladanian Tomlinson won back-to-back MVPs as running backs in 05 and 06. And then if you go back to like the 90s into the early 2000s, Marshall Falk, Terrell Davis, Barry Sanders, Emmett Smith, Thurman Thomas, a bit of a different era in the 90s mm-hmm. where you had a lot more star running backs that were carrying the ball 300, 350, almost 400 times. And the, and the usage was higher for those guys. So do you think he should be in the mix for the actual MVP award, yeah. including quarterbacks? I think he should because everything starts with him. That's what I've always kind of said about Dalvin Cook, and we learned that when he was out the, earlier this year. If you don't have him, that team is just, they're flat. They don't know what to do. So he is physically carrying them to wins, and this defense is obviously not very good. So if Dalvin Cook's removed from the equation, the Vikings, yeah, maybe have a win. Maybe, or maybe they're winless. So I, I think Dalvin absolutely belongs in the discussion because I think the same argument of, well, if you take away Pat Mahomes, how good are the Chiefs? Or you take away Russell Wilson, how disastrous are the Seahawks? I still think that logic applies to Dalvin mm-hmm. Cook. So, yes, he definitely belongs in the conversation. So, yeah, so and that, those are the two paths that I want to just highlight here is that you've got, you've got what the writers are going to perceive, right? Because this is an Associated Press. Yes. This is a writer's award. So Correct. it's what the writers are going to perceive. And then there's the other path, which is, how valuable are players actually, like quantifiably valuable, how, how valuable are players to winning? And on the first track, which is more like it's a subjective vote, it's sort of, well, Adrian Peterson ran for 2,000 yards and they have a crappy quarterback and they barely snuck into the playoffs. If not for Adrian Peterson, this team doesn't make the playoffs. And, and that, that happens to be true in 2012. Um, so some of this is going to revolve around if the Vikings can get to the playoffs and Dalvin Cook does this and brings them to an 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7 and seven finish, 
I think the perception of all of it would would probably give him votes. Like I think if they make the playoffs and he flirts with two thousand yards and puts up these numbers, I think he'll get consideration. But then the other side of this coin is if you want to get into like quantifying value. I know Pro Football Focus does wins above replacement. I don't think they have those results public yet. We should get our guy Eric Eager on at some point to see if he can quantify this. But I was curious. I went and searched the internet for uh, sports handicappers and people in Vegas that are adjusting point spreads based on quarterbacks and and other players, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a sports handicapper uh, named Jimmy Boyd. Hey, hey, Jimmy, Jimmy, what's the spread on that game, Jimmy? So Jimmy Boyd wrote an article last year about player values in the NFL and how each player impacts Vegas betting lines. And he has four different categories. He has elite quarterbacks, non-elite quarterbacks, which I would put Kirk Cousins in that group. I think there's another category there of like crappy quarterbacks, but he just says elite quarterbacks, non-elite quarterbacks, offensive skill position players, so wide receivers, tight ends, running backs, and defensive players. He's got elite quarterbacks being worth five to seven points against the spread. So if you went like Tom Brady, well, last week's Tom Brady wouldn't be worth seven points to the spread, but if you went Pat Mahomes down to Matt Moore, the line would probably move like seven points. That's what this is saying. Mm-hmm. Um, non-elite quarterbacks are worth three to four points. So if you go from Kirk Cousins to Sean Mannion, the line probably moves from, you know, Vikings a three-point favorite to a pick Offensive skill position players are worth 0.5 to two and a half points at the peak. And then defensive players are 0.5 to one points because de- as we've seen with the Vikings, defense is more about a system and it's more about a collective group of 11 than it is about one dominant player. So what this tells me is the best offensive skill position players are worth two and a half points to the spread. Non-elite quarterbacks like Cousins are worth three to four points. So Dalvin Cook, to me, is about as valuable as like Kirk Cousins in a normal, like if you take Kirk Cousins over the course of 16 games, he's probably been less than that this year because of the 10 interceptions. Sure, But it's short of the top quarterbacks. So as great as Dalvin Cook is playing... His value to winning and his value to a point spread in this case yep. isn't on the same level as like a Russell Wilson, a Pat Mahomes, or like a, what Josh Allen's been doing this year with the Bills. So from that perspective, analytically, the answer is no. But if the Vikings make the playoffs because Dalvin Cook put the team on his back and goes for 2,000 and we're looking at what the writers would say, right. the answer is yes on that side for me. And take the perception now of what you just gave me and let's factor in the perception of the position. And it's more. It's more, and I'm not I'm not even saying that this is a terrible thing. I'm just saying that, in my opinion, it's time to accept the fact that the quarterback, somewhat accurately and also just based on the position itself, is going to be valued very, very differently. And that if you, you know, if you take Dalvin Cook and Mahomes and say, choose... Everybody, and I don't blame them, is going to say Mahomes. So I'm just thinking, let's go a step beyond this whole, you are the NFL Offensive Player of the Year, congratulations. And let's just call these what what I think people will deem to be more significant, which is MVP for quarterbacks, and then the rest of the candidates. Um, Because this this is not, I don't think, Phil going to change. 
Like, I don't think we're, we're going to get to 2026 and say, do you remember back in 2019 when quarterbacks were really important? Yeah, no. they're. It's only going to gradually increase, which is fine. Um, but I think if you were to call both of the awards MVPs in their own right, it's giving people their due more so, so so that a Dalvin Cook who's having an off the charts great year can realistically be in a conversation without us saying, well, he should be, but he probably won't be. So if we had a non quarterback MVP award, who would be the candidates this season? I think Dalvin Cook would lead the pack. Right now, I think he would, yeah. I've got a list here I'll throw at you guys. Okay. I, I think it's Dalvin Cook. I think Stefan Diggs is number two. He's up there. He's leading the NFL in receptions, receiving yards. Fair enough. And he's a, just a huge reason why that Bills offense has taken a step forward. Um, Derrick Henry probably deserves some consideration, even though Dalvin Cook is the better running back this season. Other wide receivers, you can make a case for DeAndre Hopkins in in Arizona, and maybe even DK Metcalf in the breakout. He leads the NFL with like eight touchdown receptions. Two defenders I would put on that list are probably Aaron Donald always, yeah. and uh, TJ Watt is having an insane season for Pittsburgh this year. He's like second in the league in pressures behind Aaron Donald. How the hell are those brothers always so good? <laughs> I don't know. One of them's always great. Just chewing grass on the pasture right. and rushing the quarterback. But it'd be fun to talk about, like debate yeah. it. Yeah, so it would probably be, I mean, it, it would probably be Pat, Pat Mahomes and Dalvin Cook would be your two winners of, of sure. this award this season. So I say, what are we naming it? Is it the Adrian? Is it named after Adrian? No, no, it won't be named after Adrian Peterson. You have to go away today. Uh, the Jim Brown Award. How about the Jim Brown Award? Okay. The Gale Sayers, yeah. something like that. Oh, go old school. Could get with that. Does that sound fair? I like it. I like it too. I like it too. I think. It- Should we get to some purple positivity here, boys? Yes. It's Purple Positivity Thursday. Football. Uh, let's fire up some appropriate music here. Sure. Judd Zolgad, you start us right. off. Well, we say positive things about the Vikings every Thursday. We go around the room and shower them with praise. Uh, purple positivity number one from me. Linebacker Eric Wilson mm-hmm. is the only player in the National Football League with at least three interceptions and more than one sack. He has two and a half sacks. I will add on to that by saying... And this is this is where the Vikings get kudos, okay? This is where the Vikings deserve a lot of credit. Wilson, undrafted free agent out of Cincinnati in 2017, or in other words, signed after going undrafted two years after safety Anthony Harris, who's become very good, was also signed undrafted. These are these are not only really really nice finds, like really good finds. But they are guys that you take as, I guess, balls of football clay and develop into really good players. This is where Spielman and Zim deserve credit for working well together. Because somebody finds these guys and signs them after being undrafted. And then somebody else takes them and says, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. your your skill set is this. Eric Wilson, bravo, and he's also another classic case of why you didn't need to re-sign Anthony Barr. I think it's hard to find a team in the NFL that's hit on more like big-time undrafted. I mean, John Randall was undrafted. Adam Thielen was undrafted. Think about some of the undrafted gems over the last you know 30 years the Vikings have, have uncovered. So that's a good one. Declan, what's, what's your first one? Yeah, I like that. Kirk Cousins is starting to spread the football out a little bit more. And I know we, we've been making a big case that Justin Jefferson needs to get more targets. I'm all for that. I get that as well. But you know what? He's starting to 
dink it out a little bit more to Irv Smith. He's finding Kyle Rudolph. He's not honing in on Adam Thielen every single time like he was earlier this year. I like, I think it's a positive sign that he's actually looking away and looking at other playmakers to step things up because when he's keying in on a guy like Adam Thielen, look, we all know how good of a receiver he is, but he can't just be his normal security blanket. So when Irv Smith gets a couple touchdown passes, I know it's just the two catches, but there is something there. So I, I like that the wealth is starting to get spread out for the Vikings on offense. I like that Irv Smith caught two touchdown passes. Yeah. You know, like that's I just I, I I'm trying to envision a world in which Irv Smith is just the full on starting tight end and gets targeted. You know, is he the type of guy? Could he be a tier two? I'm not putting him up in the Travis Kelsey, uh, George Kittle level, For but sure, I, he two. could be a tier two tight end. Don't Ab- you guys think? Absolutely. absolutely, great hands. I think if the Vikings beat the Bears, I think they're a playoff team. I think we've I think we've seen some weakness with some of the other teams you would have thought a few weeks ago too that had like clear path to the playoffs. Uh, the NFC West is getting a little bit more muddled. There there was a minute there in the NFC West where you thought all four of those teams are going. Well, Arizona's shown a few holes, and San Francisco just has injuries and quarterback problems. And so I think eight and eight might get you that seventh spot. There's a chance with COVID outbreaks that they might add an eighth playoff team. So if you beat the Bears, yeah. My first purple positivity is I think you go to the postseason. Where you make a playoff run, an incredible run to the Super Bowl. Never mind. Hey, listen. Team that nobody wants to face is the team that can run it down your throat. I would say the team that gets after the quarterback, but I don't know. like The Vikings haven't found that formula yet. I know our friend Collar at Purple Insider speculated today on... Um, are they if they beat Chicago, are they going to regret trading Unique Ngakwe this season? I, have, I still say no. You should be planning for the future, but I have questions about about him, not his statistics, but how that didn't work out so quickly. I have questions about that one about Ngakwe and why it didn't work out so quickly, and how he was accepted or how he took his role and his skill set. Um, there may have been more. To I think there the might trend. have been a lot of behind the scenes misjudgments mm. made. Let me put it that way. Okay, I think okay. Uh, certain people might have misjudged. Because this is not fantasy football. You don't just you know go out and trade for a guy. Oh man, we look at who we got. Look at the statistics. You actually go out and get people. So anyway, sure. um, Justin Jefferson. I'll start. I'll start this out with not a negative, but it's not the most positive. But then I'm going to get into the positive of what I'm about to read. Okay, mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson has six catches for 90 yards in the past two games. But get this one. Jefferson's 627 receiving yards leads all rookies in the National Football League in 2020, and his and his receiving yardage currently, despite back-to-back games in which he certainly didn't go crazy, is the most ever for a Vikings rookie through the team's first eight games, edging Randy Moss's 593 yards at this same point in 1998. Back to Purple Daily in a moment. Quick thank you to Federated Mutual Insurance Company. They've been helping keep the lights on here at Score North and Purple Daily for uh, several months during a tough year. And they've been helping with business owners, whether it's during a pandemic year or any other year, for over 100 years. You can follow Federated on Twitter at Federated INS for fresh, relevant risk management content on a variety of topics. And if you go to the website, federatedinsurance.com, it'll tell you uh, just a full list of all the industries that Federated uh, protect. So again, federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated Insurance, it's always our business to protect yours. That is absolutely incredible. And I guess I guess my question is, if you empowered and trusted your quarterback more, and I get why you don't, but if you could, what would those statistics be? 
So, all right, the Randy Moss comparisons, I've been a little hesitant, you know, because you, you, you brought up a few good ones this season statistically, and uh, and Justin Jefferson absolutely looks like a star. But Randy Moss wasn't just a star. He was the best receiver of a generation, the second best receiver of all time statistically in a lot of ways. Um, some people might even say that at his peak he was better than Jerry Rice, but just didn't have the championship and the same structure that Rice had in San Francisco. So when I hear Randy Moss comparisons, I'm like, yeah, I mean, it, maybe it's more of a passing league now than it was then. If Randy Moss was in the NFL today, you know, he put up even more gaudy numbers. Mm-hmm. So I think where I try to sort of bring that comparison back to earth a little bit is, does Justin Jefferson have a chance to be the best wide receiver in the NFL in like two or three years? I think he does. And I think the guys he's going to compete for in that category are Stefan Diggs, now that Diggs is getting targeted. I think DK Metcalf has sort of arrived on the scene. And some of the other guys that are going to be in that mix, like DeAndre Hopkins is going to be probably in his, like he'll be in his 30s by the time. I think there's a real chance that if we're talking a five-year window, that we're talking about the the like widely regarded one of the top two or three wide receivers in the NFL and Justin Jefferson very yeah. soon. But I mean, these statistics that, that he's posting with some great games, but certainly not week after week, and it's not his fault, are fantastic. I do have a quick question for both of you, though. What would have happened, and it's a positivity for the Vikings, it did not, what would have happened if the Packers had had the foresight and been proactive enough to trade up to get this kid? Can you imagine Devontae Adams and Justin Jefferson at the disposal of Aaron Rodgers? The Packers are so stupid. Like you have you have like two years left of Aaron Rodgers and you draft a quarterback in the first round. Well, we got a plan for the future. No, you don't. Like go win a Super Bowl, you idiots. (laughs) It's so ridiculous. Well, it's the prudent thing to do. Oh, like there's not gonna be quarterbacks available in two years. Plus a lot of these guys that come out in the first round now, like they act like, well, we we got to draft a guy, and he's got to develop for three years. It's like, have you watched Justin Herbert? These, a lot of these guys are coming in the league, and they're just amazing right yeah. out of the gate. It's so stupid that they drafted a quarterback. Especially when look at the season. Justin Jefferson catches every pass that that one guy for the Packers dropped against the Vikings. Yeah. And dude, the Packers win that game. Easily. Uh, you're talking about uh, Scantling, No, right? no, it was somebody else. It wasn't, it wasn't Marcus Valdez Scantling. It was somebody else. And he dropped he dropped that perfect pass that was a tough catch. And then he dropped, I think, a pass in the end zone. Yes, um, that's true. And they were tough plays. But Justin Jefferson, make no mistake, catches those balls. So, yeah. All right. ESPN's FPI. You know what the football power index is? It's a measure of a team's strength that football is meant to be index. the best predictor of a team's performance going forward for the rest of the season. FPI represents how many points above or below average. A team is. So through, well, we're through on eight, nine games now. The Minnesota Vikings are actually 11th in ESPN's FPI, a three and five team ahead of such teams as the Buffalo Bills, the Tennessee Titans, the Colts, wow. the Raiders, the Dolphins. They are the only, actually, there's one other team that's, three, the Niners are also uh, under 500, but they are knocking on the door of technically being a top 10 team. It's just some bad luck and some other things that have happened to them that suggest that they their record should be better than what it is. So they are 11th yeah. right now in FPI. That's the same story that Pro Football Focus tells as well, is that the Vikings are the 12th best team in the NFL. Uh, San Francisco is the other sub-500 team that's in this mix. They, they have San Francisco as the 10th best team in the NFL. But they've got the Vikings right there. Forget about record, just in terms of like how they've played, how they've graded. They've lost a couple really close games. They got the Vikings right there with the Bills and the Ravens between 11th and 13th. 
So interesting. How, how's that done? Well, Pro Football Focus is like just taking all of their grades of all of the plays, everything that they've watched without like without the final score in the mix, just all of their grades compiled. Okay. And they've and their rankings go like this: Seattle number one, Tampa Bay number two, the Saints three, Titans, Colts, Packers, Chiefs. They've got the Chiefs at seven. Basically, what the, what that says about the Chiefs is that um, they are really really bad at run defense. Overall, they have uh, a mediocre defense, and they've played some weak teams. I think is what this would say. Now, does this mean that like the Chiefs couldn't get better and like climb their grades? Does it mean that they're sure. not going to be a Super Bowl contender? Like, obviously, they are a Super Bowl contender, but it's telling you that the Vikings are grading out better than their record, and mm-hmm. that if they keep playing this way, more wins are going to come. Okay. So, Fair boom. I got two more quick for you guys here. Okay. Number one, Riley Reef. This might actually be more of a bad thing. Because like he's a free agent, most likely they're probably going to cut him next year, and yeah. they didn't get anything for him at the trade deadline. Yep. But Riley Reef among offensive tackles who have played at least 200 snaps this year has allowed the fifth least amount of pressures. That's pretty damn good. That's of all left and right tackles. That's good news. He's maybe having the best year of his career at left tackle, and he's probably going to be gone because he makes too much money. And Ezra Cleveland is knocking they're, on the door. That's fine though. Man, sounds like a guy who probably would have been tradable. Could have been. I mean, that's just me. Or could help you road grade your way to a playoff appearance. To Tampa? We'll see what happens. Hey, you held him to 20 points, man. You gave us a chance at the end, but I got three words for you. You like that? Morning. Oh, what a beautiful day. Down the street, pretty woman. The kind of like to meet, pretty woman. I don't believe you. You're not true. I see the world. Pretty woman. Purple positivity. That's my quarterback. Kirk Cousins sings like an angel. What can't this guy do? He hands off to Dalvin Cook. He beats up on the Lions at noon on a Sunday. And he sings Pretty Woman, just like Roy Orbison. Oh, what yeah, more just, do you guys want? Low voice, fantastic voice. Yeah, no what question about it. What more do you guys it. want? That's my purple positivity. I'm telling you, Grease Lightning at TCO Performance Center starring Kyle Rudolph, Adam Thielen, <laughs> and Kirk Cousins. You'll sell tickets as soon as the pandemic is done. Just yellow gloves, just... Yellow gloves. Jazz hands and yellow gloves. Can be It can be a combination of the play and football. They can throw stop football throwing, around. Oh, stop throwing. <laughs> It could be the football grease lightning. Declan, oh, he's got it. I, I hope that clip, by the way, a hat tip to 10,000 takes on Twitter for digging that clip up. Maybe somebody else did. I, that's where I saw it first. Uh, I hope that clip is making the rounds in the locker room. And I hope that these mean, big, nasty football players are paying proper respect to us fellow band and choir nerds in high school, okay? You know what they say, Phil? Just don't derail the football game, okay? That's what they say to the band nerds. Don't derail the football game, Kirk. Hand the ball to 33, you'll be fine. I thought that the pep band was enhancing the energy of the football game, okay? Making it more intimidating for opponents to climb into the red zone. I hate bands. You know why? Because they play at halftime, which means halftime is too long. The fundamental problem with college football starts with the damn band. Get them off the field and let's get it down to... 12 minutes tops. They're they're, they're, they're spelling things out. Have them go play in the street. Just don't have them play on my football field. I want to get the players back on the field. 
I don't want the marching band to refuse to yell. Although, have you ever seen Drumline, Judd Zolget? Dude, it's a great Nick movie. Nick Cannon? Maybe that should be added to the action we rewind somehow. Why <laughs> some, don't you actually... Hey, hey, Declan, why don't yes. you shut up? It's one of the worst ideas I've ever heard. Drumline, Drumline is I have a to watch great it. bad If it's movie. on TV, I have Pineapple to watch it. Pineapple Express, I embraced, I enjoyed. Good. Good. Uh, I, I'll talk about it tomorrow, but if you make right. me watch Drumline, I will kill you. I feel like we need a loophole. That, and that is a threat. Mm-hmm. A loophole in action movie rewind on Mackie and Judd. We uh, got a loophole. That it's allows us Fright movies Night. like Drumline. We need like a wild card week where you can yeah. pick any movie, bad any movie, genre. Bad oh. movie rewind. Oh, that, if that's the case, <laughs> I got some ideas, yeah. Bad movie rewind. All right. And yes, I did threaten Declan's life. If I have to watch Drumline, I threaten his life. Well, that's a wrap on this episode of Purple Daily. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Morning. Oh, what a beautiful day. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.